Hey everybody, how's it going? Welcome back to another episode of the SQ Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Steve Sales, joined today by two, one very special guest, one guest, Drew, uh, I believe four-time now guest of the podcast, Drew McClendon, hello. Yeah, I'm. Uh, as always, I'm honored to be here. Um, appreciate, yeah, you you, be. appreciate you inviting me on, and I'm really excited to be joined here by the guy on my right for the first time. Yes, as, as Drew says, first-time guest. Long-awaited, uh, long-awaited guest on the podcast, Nick Hagestead. Hi, hey, everyone. Hello. This is a bucket list event. I am so honored <laughs> to be here. Like, I would have changed around all of my plans to be here. So thank you, Steve, for having uh, me. You did walk. How, how long is that? Is that like? Uh, 15 minutes. Yeah, half mile, maybe a little yeah. more than that. Yeah, south of December. It's impressive. Yeah. With the wind, too. Yeah. It's, yeah. yeah I, 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 I walk briskly. In the dark? I, you, when I'm that, when I'm this excited, I walk fast. It bodes well for future appearances. That's what I'll say. It shows commitment. I like that. Appreciate it. So we have two topics of discussion on the menu today. The first one, uh, I believe I talked about on the podcast, funnily enough, uh, what's year? 2022? Four years ago. In 2018, probably around this exact same time in the lead up to the playoffs. And we talked about, this was before Notre Dame got whacked by Clemson mm-hmm. the first time. And I talked about expanding the playoffs and I advocated for a 16 playoff with no auto bids. I think that's the way to do it too, but we got 12 teams now. It's progress. Yes. So we finally officially have 12 teams for 2024 and 2025 and here on out the, those two are the ones that are already scheduled though. So for the people that don't know, here is how this is going to work. You have the first round of games actually before that, 12 teams, six of them are the highest ranked conference champions, which will most likely be the power five and then probably the American basically every single year. Mm -hmm. And the top four of those champions get buys. And the first round is eight and nine, five and 12, six and 11 and seven and 10. And the higher seeded teams get a home playoff game, which we'll get into. I think that's pretty cool. And then the second round is back to the, it's a bigger version of the regular playoff where you take all of the New Year's Six Bowls and they host the, the four games in the second round. And then you go back to what we currently have with the 14 playoff with the last two New Year's Six Bowls. And then how does that work? The uh, Oh, and then there's two teams. Uh, reading's hard sometimes. And then we, we're back to the national championship, which will be, uh, I believe, Miami next year and then Atlanta the year after. Doesn't matter. Yes, okay. Yeah, so... What do we think? Haggy, your thoughts first. I think, to get into a little into the weeds here, I think six teams is the ideal size of a playoff. I think the gap between three and the gap between three and six is honestly pretty big, oftentimes, mm-hmm. let alone, you know, from, you know, four to 12, that's a pretty big difference. But I, I do think the expanded playoffs does make things more fun to watch because college football can be a little frustrating because, like, you lose once and you're screwed. So I kind of that's why I like the expanded playoffs. But I think you're going to see just a lot of teams get whacked, like badly. Mm-hmm. I mean that happens even with the four team playoff. Yeah, I think I think the first round is going to be incredible. I think at the home venue. Kind of bold you to just jump right in there without my cue. But sorry, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead, go ahead. Um, that's your point. But I think I think the the first round is going to be incredible. Um, in this scenario, you can have. Teams from the South coming up to Ann Arbor, South Bend, or Columbus in de- late December. Um, home stadiums, obviously, it's the best part of college football. I think we might have little issues in the second round. I think that's when the eight or nine teams are playing. 
playing against some of the best teams in the country, and that might be a little skewed. But uh, I think we're going to get the best team, and I think that's what's the most important. I think I largely agree with uh, what you guys said. But uh, I do ultimately, I think that who, who's going to turn down more playoff games? Like maybe six would have been the right number, but at the end of the day, 12 is better than four. I think we get more playoff yeah. games and we get more teams with shots in the title and we don't have to complain. I think like if you're the 13 seed, you have, you no, have no right to complain yeah. about yeah not uh, getting a shot yeah. at the national championship. Uh, the, another thing that I do think is kind of interesting, maybe you guys will disagree, maybe not. I think something that may level the playing field a bit more besides giving more teams to, a chance to compete and maybe more chances of like better recruit stuff like that over time is the idea that these top teams do not get an exorbitant amount of time to prepare for their later game matchups. Like if you're Georgia and you're the number one seed right now, you get a couple of weeks to prepare for the winner of Penn state Clemson, which would be this year's playoff, which is uh, you'd probably get, I think it's like three weeks, something like that, that you would get to prepare. Whereas, but now you get, they will have a month to prepare for USC or TCU, whoever they end up playing, yeah. which is just like, especially when like Saban and Dabble and like these really good coaches have been at the top of the food chain for so long. Like, Giving them that much time, it's it's very hard for them to lose when they have that much time to prepare for you. And now, so you beat Penn State or Clemson, and then you get to the the regular playoff round. You only have a week to prepare for your next opponent. It's just not the same. So I'm almost wondering if the field of play might be a little bit tighter just in terms of the preparation aspect of it. Am I crazy? I I honestly am not sure because I because it's the same for both teams. So I don't know if they'd tighten it or not. I'm just saying it, I, I, it gives the. It's one the, of those things I'd have to see it happen in order to. Well, I think one thing up. that is interesting is it's more it's more comparable to the regular season. In the regular season, you get a week to prepare for every team, and in this scenario, you're playing potentially up to four games. You have a week to prepare for them, mm-hmm. with the exception of that first game. And yeah. I, I just think that it's it's much more comparable to what you're going to get in the regular season, and it's going to lend itself to less of the month to prepare, Brian Kelly. Like their rough stuff. Uh, yes. Do, but so, just, do you think that changed the result? No, but I think it's going to be we're going to, we're going to have a more accurate result. Okay. Not that the result ha- haven't been accurate, but I think I think there will be just less blowouts. Like I think yeah. like giving l- less time to prepare means that the the bigger coach like the better coaches the different the gap in coaching can't be displayed as much. Yeah, just like the Brian Kelly. Yes, perfect <laughs> example. That's a disappointingly perfect example. So <laughs> here's the, uh, the the 12 team field as of uh, like today. So we'd have the four seeds that get buys are Georgia, USC, TCU, and Michigan. So Georgia plays the winner of uh, Clemson at Penn State. USC plays the winner of Tulane at Ohio State. TCU plays the winner of Utah at Alabama. And Michigan plays the winner of Kansas State at uh, Tennessee. And I'm just taking a look at these. I would love to see Clemson in Penn State, like in late December. Would that be in Happy Valley? Be in Happy Valley. We just don't get games like that. Like a lot of fun. I think there's just a great opportunity for like you could get like the Gators traveling to South Bend and a sideways snowstorm. I think a lot of the the haters would point to that Ohio State Tulane game and say that's no different than just a normal game in in September. Um, But I would agree with you, Steve. I think that. The Penn State Clemson game as a round one game is just incredible. Mm-hmm. Alabama Utah could be pretty fun. I mean, it'd be t- fun. There are uh, fun matchups will arise from this. Yes, yeah, uh, I agree. I, it, it looks really nice. Um, so we all go to Notre Dame. 
of course. I think we need to, at least, I think it's at least worth mentioning the, how this affects us for the, the people out there that kind of care. Uh, we are, cannot get a buy ever. We could yeah, be 12 and 0 and we would be the five seed. And we'd most likely, I would say on a typical basis, if we were able to get to the five seed, we'd be hosting the, um, the 12 seed, like this, the sixth conference champion is typically yeah. what it would end up being. How do we feel about this? I considering that Jack Swarbrick was involved from the start and this is kind of his kid. How do we feel about it? Are we upset? Are we disappointed? Uh, are we happy with it? I, yeah, geez, I'm not sure about that. I think it is a little annoying that you could never get a buy no matter how good you are. Mm-hmm. And if that that's how you get pressured into joining a conference, I think Notre Dame may eventually end up joining the conference. That may be mm-hmm. what's necessary. Because I think having the buy is a big advantage. And if you can't get that. I definitely think it is too. But I guess the, the counter that you would you would uh, receive in this scenario is the idea that we now get we just get our buy during conference championship week uh-huh. instead of the first round because ultimately we'd be playing the same number of games as a team that gets a buy in the playoffs if we were to win a national championship we're just getting our buy a week earlier yeah and I'm, i i trust jack swarbrick um if he thinks this is a good thing for notre dame who am i to say is not right um and and i think at the end of the day if if we're not going to join a conference, we are we're going to have to make concessions in some in one way or another mm-hmm. in the postseason environment. Um, and I think this is a good way to do it. I think if we can protect a home game in South Bend, and who knows who's going to come? It could be Bama, it could be Texas, it could be any of these schools. It could be Tulane, who has not playing above the state of Tennessee. Um, I think it's a great thing. One thing that. I'm really excited about is I actually just checked the uh, academic schedule for 2024. The for, what? The academic schedule for for 2024. Oh, oh, like the school calendar. The <laughs> the final day of exams is the day before that first playoff game. Oh, would so we be, still go to that. So the students would be allowed to go. Which one th- thing I've seen floating around on Twitter is some people are worried about attendance at these playoff games, which would not be an issue at the obviously at the home stadium. Would yeah, not be an issue. Say. That being said, if you are a Bama or Ohio State or a Notre Dame, I guess those schools would travel. But if you are a regular to this, it's very difficult to travel four weeks in a row because you could be going to South Bend, potentially to Pasadena for the Rose Bowl, to fly to Miami for Orange Bowl, and then the national championship could be in Texas. It could be all over the place. Um, so it could be a lot of travel, but I think at the end of the day, it's going to be a really good thing for, for the fans because uh, like, what's better than home football? Yeah, no, I agree. I like I can't even imagine like how excited we would have been in 2020 to be hosting a playoff game. Would have been like that would have, oh yeah. Who, I, who would we have played in 2020? What would the bracket? Look 2020 like would have been an interesting one. I someone else talk for like five seconds and I'll pull up the rankings from that year. It won't be exact, obviously, but oh yeah, you have to look at the rankings going in because right. we definitely we didn't stay in the top four that year. Yeah. I think Notre Dame fans are just really, really excited about the idea. And then this goes for the entire Big Ten, too. Just really excited about the idea of hosting these Southern teams up in the snow and the sleet. Yeah. And, and yeah, I, I would like to see how that goes. I, yeah. I, I do feel like, obviously, like when we played Alabama in 2020, we're still getting whacked. It doesn't matter if it's a oh, blizzard yeah. and it's five degrees. Okay. Yeah. So here we go. So because we were in a conference – we actually oh, wouldn't have been hosting a home playoff game. Wow. But let's say for sake of discussion 
that wait no we well we didn't win the conference we didn't correct win. oh yeah yeah so, so it doesn't matter we're, okay so we're still number four. so we'd still be the five seed anyways oh yeah no. so well did a and win the conference no they didn't no they didn't bama did Bama was head and shoulders. That's interesting. Okay, so A and M was A and M would have. I thought A and M was number five going into the playoffs. They were five, but they didn't yeah. win the conference. Wait, here we go. Here we go. Yeah, because okay. yeah, so Alabama. Won. The, conference conference the conference champions. The conference champions were Bama, Clemson, Ohio State, Oklahoma, Cincinnati, and what is the conference that I'm forgetting? Pac-12. Pac-12. Oh my. Oh, um, Utah maybe. The highest ranked oh, one is Iowa State. It, no, that they're Big Twelve. I'm an idiot. Uh, there is not a single Pac-12 team in the top ten. Holy cow! Look at I, that. It had to have been. Oh, Oregon. No, Oregon was crap. They lost to Iowa State in the bowl game. Oh, Oregon you um, Oregon didn't Oregon win? It's either Oregon or Utah, right? USC right. is the highest ranked Pac-12 team I see in here. But they wouldn't have. They wouldn't be the four. Right. So okay, doesn't matter. We would win. Uh, we would be hosting AM. No, that's not true. Sorry, reading's hard again. Wait, no, you don't need to be a conference champion to make it, right? No, but you get the buys to get the to be top to be. To get We've mangled this. Yeah. We should have researched this beforehand. This yeah. is we just totally botched this. I think Notre Dame is hosting. Oh, that's the cool part. The Pac-12 wouldn't even get a. a they wouldn't be the sixth highest ranked yeah. conference. So here's what it is: is Cincinnati is one of them, uh-huh. and Coastal is the next one. Oh, so we, we would have been hosting Coastal Carolina <laughs> in South Bend. That would have been pretty cool. Yeah, that would have been a fun. Would have been great. That and we would have won game. It took us a while. We got there. I'm proud of us. <laughs> yeah, it would have been so sick. Ah, it would have been so cool. Yeah, but I, I mean, ultimately, I, I think this is good for college football. Like, it, I, yeah, who's going to say no to more playoff games? Ultimately, and. I do think I don't think it'll help as much in the short term, but I think there's something to be said for long term as Saban leaves and the the landscape of college football kind of shifts again. I, I do think it'll help level out recruiting a little bit in terms of there's not going to be three schools that get 75 percent of the top 100 prospects in the world and like all the five stars. Yeah, I think that is also a testament to I guess Lincoln Brown is not really using the recruiting process at transfer at USC as the textbook would suggest, but I think as USC gets better, as who hopefully Cristobal can do something in Miami, um, but I think as these traditional powers get better, Texas, for example, mm-hmm. a lot of that talent will stop going directly to Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia. Mm-hmm. Um, so as much as we hate to say it, I think if USC like controlling the West somehow is going to help for, for talent distribution across the country. It's actually interesting you mentioned Texas too, because it seems like Marcus Freeman is at a very big affinity for just hammering Texas for a ton of recruits in the last year recruiting cycle. I, so. It's a big recruiting hotbed. Texas, California, Florida. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I'm not trying to dispute all, that. Yeah. Any other uh, takes about college football while we're still doing this segment? I, I, we... I think it would be an error if we didn't mention the potential diminishment of other games with the playoff. Um, it, it depends on how how – high esteem you hold the rest of the bowl games to begin with. I guess my question for you is did people really care? Did the people that whose teams weren't playing in the Citrus Bowl really care about the Citrus Bowl? No. No. And, before and this. The best part of bowl season are the random early season one, like all the Mac teams playing. And those don't really change. And they, they don't change. So that's like 
I think and I think that's the end of it. That's what it is. And frankly, I think that's a worthy sacrifice to make for completely agree. You get by the the end of the season, you get a lot of teams that are still invested and the regular season games still matter because they can get them into playoffs. Mm-hmm. Conference championships matter way way more. Like Purdue would be fighting for a playoff spot yeah. on Saturday. And the uh the big thing is the New Year's Six Bowls matter because yeah, nobody's the, nobody's opting out. New, well, yeah, I would think most people aren't gonna opt out of the playoff game. The New no, Year's Six Bowls are very interesting because Watching a New Year's a non-playoff New Year's Six Bowl is hard to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. People opting out, and it's just a really like I don't watch a lot. I, I think that is something that is will be huge. Is not have not all the opt outs. Yeah, and I, like you know, think about from our perspective. Like if we had been in a position to make a New Year's Six Bowl, like we would have had a couple of our best players opt out, and I don't think that necessarily would have been the wrong decision for them to make. Ultimately, I think it would have been better option for their careers for them to do so but if they're playing in the playoff the stakes are different right it's just yeah. you just keep guys oh yeah no, no one out. ever opts out of playoff games right i'm not yet at least yeah i, I was gonna say not yet <laughs> that'll be it could happen soon. that'll be something the day that happens yeah. but I, i'm just i'm really excited i think this like you know me we've talked about this before haggy and i maybe not so much but like i find it sometimes hard to get invested in the national landscape of college football and i think something like this will help me stay a little more yeah. engaged Oh, yeah, and this ends up increasing parity within college football. That would just be really nice, too, because like, – there's, like, never been college parity. No, there's never been parity in college football. I even – yeah, even in the four-team playoffs, there's always blowouts. In the national championship, there's blowouts all the time. Yep. yep. I, I got it. <laughs> yeah, so overall, sounds like we're all in favor. Yeah, yeah. I would say so. Yeah, haven't really met anybody that's opposed except for my dad, but he complains about everything, so I don't know. Well, I, as Notre Dame fans, I think the twelve the twelve team playoff probably will help us consistently get in, whereas yeah. the fourteen, as, the 14 as team it helps keep us independent. Yes, as a Notre Dame fan, we should be in the top twelve team every year. See, I gotta say, I enjoy hearing you say "as a Notre Dame fan" more than I when you say "as a LeBron fan." It just sounds <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Well, it's not basketball season quite yet. I mean, it is, but. We're not talking about the NBA yet. Correct. I, as a Michael Jordan fan, I want Notre Dame to be the best every year. There you go. <laughs> there, you go. there you go. All right. I, I want Notre Dame to be the greatest of all time as a LeBron fan. Oh. We're moving on. <laughs> so we're going to take a quick break. You guys will hear for a word from our sponsors, and then we will be talking about the NFL. back and i have said on at least i think three different episodes this season that i'm going to be doing an nfl check-in and i've done it approximately zero times i did actually record half of a trade deadline podcast and then realized you could hear the band outside the entire time and like you couldn't hear anything it was kind of a disaster but here we are look at me growth so i wanted to talk about the contenders in both conference how many we see in uh in each conference so haggy AFC or NFC? Where are we starting? We're starting with NFC. I have first team I want to name here is the Minnesota Vikings. You know what? You've earned that right. First time guest. Yeah. Go ahead. Go off. I. You know what? I'm excited. I, awesome receiving core. Very explosive offense. Like offense looks great. Uh, Kurt. I know Kurt Cousins isn't the cream of the crop of the NFL, but I think he's very good. And I think he's someone who's capable of making a deep playoff run. Do you trust Kirk Cousins to win your Super Bowl? I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say yes. 
I trust him. This is a very pro Kirk Cousins podcast. This is, this is this is a very pro Kirkland Cousins podcast. It always has been. And I'm so glad to have someone else. Love Kirkland. All my all my Kirk stock is exploded this I, season. I, I, a lot of people couldn't have that game against the Saints that Kirk had in 20, 2019. I say that all yeah. the time. Yeah, was, I, was that the, the Minneapolis the, Miracle? No, 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 no this that's is the too, overtime yeah. game. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah Kyle yeah, Rudolph yeah, yeah, came yeah, down yeah, with the yeah, game yeah. winner in overtime. Yep. yep. But and. The defense does leave a little bit to be desired, but is greatly crazy. is greatly improved from last year. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's really interesting that this is the year that Cousins' stats haven't always looked amazing, but he makes a lot of winning plays, and he's like, they just keep winning games. Yeah, and that in the NFL, like. I know they've beaten a lot of like kind of middle of the road teams, but it's hard to win in the NFL. And yeah. if you're doing it that much, like you got to give a team credit. I agree. I'm, credit's due. I'm looking at this Viking schedule, and there's no reason they can't be the one seed. Uh, oh, they absolutely can be. I mean, like the problem Eagle, is they don't have the tiebreaker with the Eagles. Yeah, Eagle. Yeah. They yeah they got to get two games on the Eagles. Yeah, which is unfortunate, but you know. Yeah, it really is interesting. Like his stats right now are decidedly down across the board. He's already thrown more interceptions in eleven games than he did in sixteen last year, yeah. and he's on pace to throw the least amount of touchdowns he's had since twenty nineteen. Well, and his his yards per attempt is down, but that may be more of a Kevin O'Connell thing. I don't yeah, think that's yeah. necessarily like a well. And I his stat I the reason they were you know basically five hundred team the last couple of years is because the defense was absolutely horrendous. Oh yeah. So that's probably the bigger story, but. I'd rather talk about Justin Jefferson and Dalvin Cook. Right. But uh, my point, I, my point also though is that like you know his stats may not look as good, but then you watch the Thanksgiving game and when they need him to make a play, he marches right down oh. with a, a couple great throws and wins the game for him. Yeah, he's led a couple nice fourth quarter comebacks. Yeah, and like I, you said, I mean the defense has been much improved. I mean you know we don't need to litigate how good Harrison Smith is yeah. on the podcast, but you add. Um, a guy like Zadarius Smith, who's got nine and a half sacks. I mean, how long has it yeah. been since you guys have had a consistent presence like that? No, like, I, given the health of your linemen the last couple of years. Yeah, Diane, like, yeah, they've had some good. Daniel uh, Hunter's rushers. healthy, yeah, again, Daniel, too, which is important. Yeah, Daniel Hunter's been a good edge rusher. Anthony Barr. But, like, yeah, Zadarius Smith was a big addition. Patrick Peterson, he's old, but still making some plays here and there. Is this team more fun than the 2017 team of Keenum? I'm going to say no, but it's close. Okay. It's close. All right. So, do you have anything else you'd like to say on the Vikings? I I think part of the reason this team isn't as fun is because they've given me a lot of gray hair. They have. Just because of – And the other thing I will say, I I am a believer in the the clutch gene, and I think Kirk has it, which makes me feel good about this postseason coming up. I enjoy your optimism. This is why I brought him on. This is what he brings. See, I'm surprised you of all tr- people trust primetime Kirk. Uh, if I'm uh, not mistaken, this, this Thanksgiving game at night, that was primetime, right? That was, that prime was, prime, time. That was that primetime. That was primetime. That was, that, prime that, time. That, that was primetime, right, Steve? It was. was I, unfortunately, time. it was. That was primetime. Yeah. And, and he played great. He played great. He came through. Are we going to let one game against the Patriots team determine it? I, I'm you also, say that like I am, pro, I am pro Kirkland. I am pro Vikings. I'm just he has, a play, he, he has a he has a playoff win under his belt. So he he does. He was he was absolutely terrible against the Eagles. I will give you that. 
I'm pretty, pretty sure he has more playoff wins than Deshaun Watson. I'm fairly certain. No, I think I think well, he I only has Deshaun the one. Watson I think he only has. I think he only has the one, doesn't he? I don't think Watson has any. No, he, oh, he they beat the Bills. They beat yeah, the Bills. They beat the Bills. All right, sorry, they're tied. They're tied. Yeah, it's crazy. Before last year, Case Keenum had more playoff wins than Matt Stafford, which is oh my god, he did, didn't which he? is a fun stat to bring out. That is crazy. It's a fun one. I like that. Wow, what a, that was great. Thank you, Patty, for that. <laughs> All right, uh, Eagles. I guess that's a fairly obvious one. Yes, right? that's a contender. I mean, yeah, I, I feel. I almost feel bad because um, they're really good, and like I think we can all agree on that, but. I just don't feel great about them a lot of the time because I just view them in terms of the playoffs. And I just remain skeptical that Jalen Hurts will be able to throw yeah. the ball in the playoffs. And I think, again, it's one of those things where Jalen Hurts' fantasy football relevances conflated with his actual football talent. Very and obviously, he is, a good, he is a good player. I don't know, but like you see it happens. I think with, the addition of A.J. Brown. That does really, help things really a lot. Really that does that. help things a lot. And their defense, I think. Like he has he has at least one legitimate weapon. Devontae Smith, I would self call legitimate. Yeah. Dallas Goddard when Dallas he's healthy. Goddard, yeah, like I, I think the Eagles. Oh, are. the team I, I would say the the overall team is the best constructed roster in the league. And yeah, and I agree with that. And I, I don't think Jalen Hurts is bad enough, if you will, to really screw up the situation. I mean, I he is he's playing well. Objectively he's playing, he's playing, he's playing well. On MVP level. But it's like Lamar a lot of the time. You, you guys know how much I, I love Lamar, but also like a rag on him. Like when he is tasked with throwing the football and he has to do that, can he? And he certainly could not last year. Yeah, and true. I just question if A.J. Brown is the difference between him playing horrendously and playing well enough to win a play. And that's the thing. He's going to have to stand in the pocket. Yep. And like I, you go I up against a defense like San Francisco's, like eh, I'd be a little concerned in the playoffs. I, I hear you. I tend to agree with you. No, I disagree with you. I agree with you that San Francisco defense is good. It's a bad matchup. I actually think that Jalen Hurts is that guy and, and can do what it takes to take them to the Super Bowl. Any word on the current caveman Jalen Hurts from Alex in the corner? I will say I was very much down on Jalen Hurts last year as he was not on my fantasy roster. <laughs> now that he's on my fantasy roster, I'm starting to see the glory of Jalen Hurts. But once again, I don't know if you can necessarily apply that to an actual football situation as opposed to fantasy football. There we go. They're 10-1. He's playing on the MVP level. He's playing well, but it, the whole team's playing well. And like, yeah. But like, they're not winning. The... They're not winning because of him. Exactly. He's helping. But, he's, he's, help- but he's so much more than a game manager. Uh, he is. He is the, he, I'm pretty more. sure he's the odds-on favorite to win MVP right now. Is he really? I would. No, it's got to be Mahomes. Has to be Mahomes. Uh, I, I would think. Out. I would think it's Mahomes. Yeah. Also sneaky Joe Shiesty, who we'll talk about later. But oh, he's I, lurking. Oh, he's I, lurking. I, I'm excited he's, for he this. He's lurking. He's lurking. I might ISO on that one for a little bit. But. <laughs> Yeah, so but like the Eagles are really good, and their secondary is ridiculous. To be able to get James Bradbury and Darius Slay, and when he's healthy, Chauncey, Chauncey Gardner Johnson in the same secondary. All I mean, like that's uh, like yeah. they're just generating so trust, many turnovers. Trust me, I saw Kirk Cousins throw to him. Yes, a few you did. Times. Yes, you did. I mean, like they, they just they have so much talent, freaking everywhere. It's crazy. The the Robert Quinn trade. I I was upset with the Robert Quinn trade because it was such a good deal for the Eagles. I was yeah. I was very unhappy when they yeah. made that trade. I think uh, the Eagles are the team to beat in the league. I mean, I, I, I would say they're the best team in the league right now. I just question if they're going to be the best team in the league in the playoffs. You, I, you're going to have to see Jalen Hurts stand in the pocket. and I trust him. 
Okay. I trust him. I accept that. Do I think he's going to be Mahomes or Josh Allen? And that's no, that's the problem. There's other guys who are that good. But they can't move as well as Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts is so versatile. Right, but how often have we seen mobile quarterbacks go into the playoffs and it just doesn't matter? Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I am right. <laughs> you're, not, you're not wrong. It's, exa- not, can't. it's exhausting being this right on a consistent <laughs> basis. I try. I try my best for the viewers or the <laughs> listeners. All right. So Eagles talk out of the way. Again, I just feel I feel like we cheated them a little bit because they're like they're the best team in the league, and I just spent like ten minutes just talking about how they're not that good. But uh, all right, yeah, I only aware. I only have one more team. No, that's not true. There's two more teams. We got to give them some respect. Uh, this is my like current, I think, like favorite team in terms of like how well they're playing. San Francisco 49ers. Yeah, I, someone who has to be talked about for sure. They started out slow, but I think a lot of that was due to some injuries. Yeah. I, I don't have the entire list in front of me. But they have essentially in the last three weeks gotten back, I think, six players from injured reserve. And they're kind of just firing off on all cylinders oh, I, right now. I love, their, I love their roster, actually, from top to bottom. Obviously, Jimmy G's not that great of a QB. Oh. But I, I, he's not I'll, Jalen Hurts. He's always, I'm not saying he is. I think J, it's Jimmy. Jimmy. Right. But Jimmy G, he's not incompetent. He's a very good game manager. Like, he's a top-end game manager. I'd say he's, like, the best type of game manager. Yeah, he, well, he, he distributes the ball. That's not true. At his best, he's the best type of game manager. He's a little too inconsistent, I think, to hold yeah. the title. But. I, there was a while. Everyone thought they were, they were going to trade him away when they announced they're starting Trey Lance. But, obviously, that turned out to work. I, just can, I cannot yeah. believe that Trey Lance yeah. the, the 49ers made the right decision by not trading Garoppolo. Yeah. <laughs> Clear <laughs> that one. No, he's a nice, he's a nice player. I am curious, what are your guys' thoughts on the McCaffrey trade? I think it worked out. I they probably needed that explode that another yeah, I, element I, of explosiveness in that offense. See, I'm gonna kind of push back on that. I, I actually like they needed a running back, but I don't think they need I think it was ultimately a waste. Uh like I, I guess I can understand if you are all in on this year and you think you're a McCaffrey away from making a run then that's something you do. But I question whether they, like, I don't think they were a McCaffrey away from fixing a lot of their issues. I, I, I guess in my opinion, they were pretty close already and they just needed, they definitely needed a running back. But to give up a second and a fourth, and I think it was one other pick for three more years in McCaffrey, who has been healthy so far, but who knows? I, You guys know my stance on running backs. I'm just, I'm a little skeptical. But McCaffrey's so much more than a running back, though. You can line him up out wide. You can line him up in the slot. You can line him up in the backfield. Right. He's a good player when he's healthy. But I'm just saying, like, in a, from a long-run perspective, I just don't know if it was quite worth it. Especially in a yeah. Shanahan system. Like, think about what Raheem Mostert did to the Packers, like, three years ago. Not that Raheem Mostert's not a bad running back. Or not a good running back. But, like, they could have traded for, like, a not not a James Robinson because he's just kind of a bum right now, but like pick like a league average running back. And like, I, I think they could have traded like maybe like one fourth round pick instead of giving up a, a lot of their future picks. Like a Kareem Hunt type guy. Kareem Hunt. There you go. Perfect. That's exactly what I was looking for. I was a little surprised that he didn't get dealt. What are your thoughts yeah, on that? So I was surprised as well. I think the Browns were probably asking a little too much for him, would be my guess. Mm. Am I opposed to that? No. I like Kareem Hunt as a player, um, big as a player there. Um, and good call. Good catch. Good catch. <laughs> and uh, I think the Browns saw the value in him. And I think this, I don't know if this is true or not, but I think by having 
Kareem Hunt still on the roster, it puts a little pressure on Nick Chubb to maybe not ask for as much money as he's going to relatively soon. Although I think we just signed Nick Chubb to a big deal. Anyway, you already signed him. You're, yeah, you're fine. So, yeah. So I guess it doesn't matter. Um, but I like having two guys in the, in the back room, backfield that I don't trust the earnest. I mean, I like to see the Browns crash and burn. So, like, uh, why? I, why? <laughs> you know what? I'm, gonna, I'm just gonna I'm gonna why? stop you there because we've already wasted too much time on a team that sucks. Come on, Come on, back guys. to the Niners. Deshaun Watson this back, week. Back He's to back. the Niners. <laughs> As a player, I like. It. I, I'm cutting you off. Back to the Niners. One of the the big reason, like I, I talked about, they've got a lot of these guys back from injury, and a lot of that was focused on the defense. And I just want to shout them out really quick because they have elite playmakers at every single level of the defense. You have Nick Bosa, who already has 11 and a half sacks this year. You have at linebacker, you have Fred Warner, who I think is pretty inarguably one of the best linebackers in the league. And as of this year and last year, they found Talanoa Hufanga, which is like one of my favorite names in the league. He's also just like, he's just awesome. Like he just no, destroys people. He's and good. now he gets picks too. And I just like, I to be able to have that many guys who can <laughs> tilt the game in your favor in an instant, and every single level of their defense, I think is really valuable. And I think that it's like, it just helps with complimentary football. Like they're going to help give the offense more opportunities. And yeah, maybe the Niners aren't as explosive as maybe you want them to be consistently in the passing game, but they don't need to be because they get a lot of help, but they also like, they can take care of their, the opportunities given to them. Oh, their, their defense is nice. I'll give you that. I think they're like my sneaky pick to win. This no, I, 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 I would not be surprised if they won the Super Bowl at all. Like that, not, that's I'm a great, that far. no, really. Now, I mean, like, Fred Warner, that's I probably top, make, top three linebacker in the NFL. I think their ceiling is a NFC championship appearance. I I, I mean, that's still pretty good. It's I'm gonna, pretty I'm, good. It's great. I think I'm going to push back. I, I'm big on the Niners. I think all those weapons on offense. And I'd like to reiterate that Jimmy G is a very competent QB. Never doubt Jimmy GQ. Never. He, and he's shown that he can make it. Get to a Super Bowl, and then obviously he and kind another of NFC Championship game. Yeah, he, yeah, and another true, one, and he true. kind of flubbed it once he got there. But nah, I was Shanahan's fault. <laughs> I'm not biased. All right, one last team. They, you guys may not feel as strongly about these guys as I do, but I'm going to throw the Cowboys into consideration. Bucks are out; they're done. I was going to say. I was going to say. Kind of in on the Cowboys, though. I'm in. I'm all in on the Cowboys. And I'm just, I'm very surprised that we got to this point because I, I was just, I was so out on them for like two weeks into the Cooper Rush experience. And then Dak came back and they're just, they're rolling. Is your dad going to be listening to this? My dad will be listening to this. Okay. So he knows how much this pains no. me. No, I, I think their defense is scary. That's a good mm-hmm. defense. Well, and that was the biggest surprise too, is I, I think everybody expected the defense to just be not very good again, but it turns out. Your defense is a pretty high floor when you have arguably the most versatile defensive player in the league. I would say yeah. Mike, Michael Parsons best, is the best, best player in the league. Best linebacker, maybe best you, defensive player. I would go, I would I'd wager that. Yeah. You could make that argument. And then you I'm have not, I'm not even gonna put the asterisk on defender. I'm gonna say best player in the league. Uh okay. I was talking I'm, about Deshaun Watson a couple minutes ago. What about him? You're hyping him up. I wasn't hyping him up. What? Okay. All right, you know what? You just you gotta stop with some of these takes, man. But anyways, I but that's a little strong. Parsons, right. Parsons as best player in the league, that's a little strong. Yeah, Let's I, give I, it I'm, I'm gonna push back on that one too. I like him a lot, as at least as a player, but uh I like beating up on Drew. It's nice. It's good to have people here. <laughs> Who would you yeah. say the best player in the league is? Uh Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Donald, TJ Watt, Terrence Williams, not Terrence Williams, uh Trent Williams, perhaps. 
Maybe you, you maybe throw Justin Jefferson in the mix. I'll give him consideration. <laughs> he gets an honorable mention. Whatever. The the quarterback who will not be named, unfortunately, deserves mention as well. Maybe Josh, not this no, season. Josh no, Allen. No, not no, this season. But. No, J- no, Joshua does not deserve mention. Sorry. Thank you. That, that's good. That turns, was it, turns it over a tiny bit. Too All much. right. Can we go back to the Cowboys, please? Yeah, sorry. So they have four guys with at least five sacks. They're getting yeah, pressure from everywhere. Yeah, no, the the very good D line, and some of that you could attribute to Parsons, like him, like all the attention all, you have to devote to him. A lot of it is Micah Parsons, well, because yeah. he does he does rush too. Yeah, I mean, so they have forty five sacks. They're averaging four sacks a game, which is just crazy. That's just that's crazy. ridiculous. And you know, just playing well, Trayvon Diggs. Well, and that was the big thing too, is that Diggs is playing as an actual shutdown corner yeah, now. So he's, he's not just uh, like a he's not rookie Marcus Peters. Yeah. yeah. No, he, he's been much better in covers this year. He is no longer burnt toast. Mm-hmm. And I think that, um, you know, the offense gets a lot of scrutiny and everything. And, and Dak has made some couple – he's made a couple of plays this year that have not been great. Like some of the turnovers, especially like Green Bay Gamer. They've been not very good. But I, th- I think for the offense to show the explosiveness that it does in spite of those turnovers, I think it's pretty encouraging. Like Tony Pollard finally breaking out. Yeah, you know, it's been a pretty big deal as a, as a Tony yeah. Pollard fantasy owner. I've, I've enjoyed his rise. Um. It just gives them a different weapon, a different dimension to their game, especially considering Gallup had a pretty good game last week. But outside of that, I mean, we're looking at CD, who's been pretty good, but Dalton Schultz has been hurt. I mean, that's essentially their passing game for a while was kind of just CD. So to have Pollard be able to be that extra explosive option, I think it's really helped uh, elevate the offense. And I would say I'm not as high on Dak as most people are. I don't think he's all that great, but he is. He still is very good. So I, I could see them making some noise in the playoffs. Yeah, I could too. The the only issue for them is going to be uh, if they keep this up, they're probably going to – well, no, actually, I no, reading's hard again. They, they would actually get a first-round matchup probably against Tampa Bay, which would line up favorably for them. So yeah. maybe they could win a playoff game. Who knows? I, I think they can go playoffs. Oh, oh I think they're totally capable of winning a playoff game. I think game. They're, they're my dark horse NFC contender. I was just more poking fun at like the Cowboys, just historically, just yeah. kind of choking a little bit. But yeah, I, no, I agree with you. I think they're a very good team, and it would surprise me if they went on a bit of a run here. I would, I would take the Niners over them. I would too. Yeah. Um, anybody, nobody wants. I'm not. If I'm not going to stump for Tampa Bay, nobody else wants to stump for Tampa no, Bay. No, not really. Uh, I don't want to talk about the Giants. No. Oh. Nope. Nope. <laughs> nope. They started out. Was it five and one, six and one? Yeah. No. That. And they're seven and four now. They're just. Yeah, I, I can't mean, whistle, yeah, so you, you know, not, but you can hear the like, the, yes, not great, kind of. Uh, commanders, no, yeah, no, Seattle, no. So, all right, so we've got four contenders in the NFC right now, yes. I feel pretty good about that. It'll be interesting to see how this goes with uh, seating and everything because it looks like the, the Vikings and the Eagles have kind of a stranglehold on the top two picks, mm-hmm. but we'll see if San Francisco goes on a little run, maybe they've got a shot at it. Yeah, I think that's it. Um, Dave is not here to talk about the Lions or the Rams. And, yeah. I mean, we're not going to sit here and talk about two teams that suck. You made us move on from the Browns. Right. I'm just, yeah. Okay. So that's the NFC. We're going to take a quick little break and then we'll go to the AFC. AFC, here we go. So I have eyeballing it one, two, three, four maybe five picks, maybe six. And they're not the highest five or six seeds in the, the AFC. So I, I think the AFC actually opens us up to a lot more discussion. 
mm -hmm. uh, just because it's a little more wide open. So I think the the two obvious teams to talk about first are the Chiefs and the Bills. Uh, the Chiefs, uh, I, you know, I, I've kind of run out of words to describe Mahomes and Andy Reid at this point. I mean, to to take Tyreek and lose him and effectively recreate him in the aggregate is it's pretty impressive. It's a very Belichickian move, if you will. Um, it's kind of tough to see. Like, they just – that offense just seems a little unstoppable right now. They, they look very good. Mm -hmm. I, I That's definitely my favorite in the AFC. Mm -hmm. And, and it, it helps that – like it, it's really helped them out because their defense is – not as good as it has been for the last year or two. And to be able to make up for that again is very big and something Mahomes is very used to. Well, and obviously Mahomes, is, I would say, is the best QB in the league. Travis, I, yeah. tra Travis Kelsey is awesome. I want to give a quick oh, shout yeah. give a quick shout out to Juju Smith-Schuster. Been a great addition to my fantasy team. Yes, yes, Juju's been, Juju's been pretty good. I, yeah, I'll allow him to mention his fantasy team. <laughs> For context, Travis Kelsey is a member of Drew's fantasy team, and he looked up when he was mentioned, and I didn't let him say anything. I did like a Travis Kelsey has been nothing towards, nothing short of spectacular. He's been very good. So I, it's just kind of hard to, you know, what what else can we offer that has not already been said about the Chiefs like a thousand times? Yeah, Someone else start with the other team. I can't. I just can't do it. All right. Buffalo Bills. Steve, would you like to talk about the Bills? No, no, really. I'll, I'll, I'll start off here. I think the Bills, as long as Josh Allen doesn't do anything stupid. he I, that, So, as someone who has watched Josh Allen... Oh, no, 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 no. You just, are not allowed to do this. Just wait. Just wait. As someone who has watched Josh Allen very closely this year, he there are one to two plays a game where it just makes you scratch your head. Like, whether it's just a bad turnover in the end zone or yesterday there was a fumble. It, it's weird. That being said, the Bills being able to run the ball as of last couple weeks, that is huge for them. I think if I was any team in the AFC, I'd be scared of that. The Bills being able to run the ball is – it makes their offense two-headed. And now they're not just chucking the ball down 35 yards every single play. And they seem to be doing that pretty well last night from my perspective. They were doing a lot of dink and dunk last night. They did a lot of everything last night. That's true. But – they're not just chucking the ball down down the middle of the field every single play, like the way they did against the Vikings. Um, the Bills being able to run the ball is a is a development that I don't think can be overstated. You don't have yeah. anything negative to say about them by any chance? Uh, I I, I, I'm just saying Josh Allen can be prone to mistakes, and that could potentially yeah, he, cost him. He um, makes one to two questionable throws a game. Is he going to be healthy? He was limping a little bit yesterday. He had the whole elbow thing. Um, so it, it's – I'm not going to say it's worrisome for Bills fans, but it's something to keep an eye on. Uh, yeah. Especially good. especially if you're comparing them to the Chiefs. I'm a good receivers, good defense, yep. good defensive pieces. It's hard to say a lot of bad things about them. But I know you'll find something to say, Steve, so go ahead. I, thank you. I will. <laughs> I, the one thing that would worry me if I was a Bills fan is their – Starting to reach a bit of a tipping point with the injuries on defense. With uh, both of their safeties have been banged up. One of them is out for the year. Von Miller is out probably until towards the end of the regular season, maybe even longer, depending on how his recovery goes. Tredavious White only just came back from an injury. They've had uh, two other corners hurt. I think Teron Johnson's like the only healthy corner they have, other than Kyrie Elam, who's been benched, their first-round pick, because he just sucks apparently, which is not great. 
Um, and a couple of the other guys like Matt Milano and uh, Edmonds, they've both been a little dinged up too. So it just like, I've seen, you know, having been a fan of many contending teams in my life, I've seen this before where you're playing really, really well. And sometimes injuries just become too much to overcome. And I, I would be a little worried about that if I were the bills on defense, but I, offensively it's pretty tough to, to dispute what has been going forward besides the turnovers. I mean, if they, I can't believe I'm saying this. If they get out of their own way, it's it's pretty much impossible to stop them. Yeah, well, I'm with you. I feel disgusting. How far do you see the Bills going? Ah, uh, I you know I I refuse to answer that question. That's what I, thought. I can't do it. I think it's hard to see him come up short of the uh, AFC Championship. People would have said that before. But any given Sunday. Any given Sunday. Sunday. All right. I'll be completely honest with you guys. If the Browns don't make the playoffs, which we won't, I'm going to have a little soft spot for the Bills. What what gives that away? The Browns aren't going to make the playoffs? It wouldn't be their 4-7 and record. It's still possible. Their 13th seed in the East or the AFC? It's still possible. They're starting a guy who hasn't played in two years. Don't get me started on that. They're just not good. Like, I don't know what to tell you. What if he point. sucks? Like, what if he sucks on Sunday? What do you do? I don't. I don't. I, <laughs> what, do, what do we do? We, I guess we that's got, the bigger we question. Got Jacoby. <laughs> that's the that's the cap biggest cap hit. And we don't have draft picks. We're not talking about the Browns. We're not contender. We're, we don't. Okay. Picks. All right. <laughs> All right. At least you're honest. <laughs> so, if one of you wants to stump for the Titans, you're welcome to. But nope. I don't really <laughs> want to either. Nope. It's been really interesting this season because I feel like this is finally the year that has made me truly respect Mike Grabel as like one of the top head coaches in the NFL because his ability to consistently make great teams and defenses out of these te- these rosters that are continually just plagued by injuries is really impressive. But I I am just never picking the Titans to do anything with Ryan Tannehill in a playoff game like ever ever. Yeah, I will say the 2019 run was such lightning in a yeah, bottle. No, yeah, they had, yeah, they had a Cinderella story in 2019, and Henry was also just like completely unstoppable. unstoppable. Yeah. And now, I mean, we've seen teams just completely focus on Henry and Tannehill is not taking advantage at all of the opportunities. For well, him. like Traylon Burks hasn't really panned out as the first rounder. Well, he just had hundred yards a few weeks ago. Let's give him some time. They, they, they don't really have a, an impressive receiving core at all. What Bobby trees and uh, Nikhil Westbrook. I kind it can't, I, I just totally yeah. butchered that. Those aren't doing it for you. you can, yeah. If you have that, Part of the time coming up with two names that you can pronounce. The uh, the AJ Brown for what ends up being Traylon Burks trade did not really pan out in the same way that Stephon Diggs for Justin Jefferson trade panned out. It goes back to my whole running backs thing. You know, you could have taken a lot of that money you gave Derrick Henry, could have given it to AJ Brown. It's true. Why not? It's true. So we're out on the Browns. We're out on the Titans, yeah. even though they're like they're locked to win the AFC South at this point. Well, versus, yeah, that, that's because that division is awful. I'm aware. Just terrible. Okay, the the four seed right now is Baltimore. I'm going to say, not a contender. Yep. Is that a hot take? Completely agree with you. Ooh. Completely agree with you. Jacob DeGrom signs five-year, $185 million contract with the Ravens. Rangers. Huh? I I think the I think Baltimore wins a playoff. Guys. I think they win a playoff game but get stumped the next round. That would be my the, – the, be my, the Ravens my are going to win the Saturday at 1 p.m. wildcard game on ESPN that no one cares about. You guys have heard my Lamar takes too often. I, you know, I don't need to beat them into the ground in this playoff on this podcast. But and some of it this year, I don't think is Lamar's fault because Bateman's been hurt all year. They've dealt with a lot of injuries. But at the end of the day, 
do we have any evidence that Lamar Jackson is capable of throwing the ball in the playoffs? No. The answer is no. And until that day comes, I'm going to have difficulty getting behind it. Which is unfortunate because I was yeah. so pro Lamar for so no, like I, in the whole lead up to the draft process, I felt so good about it. I was like devastated when he wasn't a Patriot, and I feel like I've been a little mean lately. Yeah. No, it it does hurt. I'm a Lamar enjoyer as well. Yep. So next team, which Drew wanted to talk about, like, and he was making it like it was a sneaky pick for some reason. I don't really know why. It's the Miami Dolphins. Yeah. Talk about the Dolphins. Dolphins have one of the most fun offenses in the movie. Watch. Um, Tua has been playing out of his mind, frankly. Um, the wide receivers are there. They can run the ball. The- Riddle me this. So it turns out if you take your franchise quarterback and you give him really good weapons to throw to and you give him capable offensive coaches, he improves? Yeah. That's how it's supposed to work? That's how it works. You don't give him a um, defensive coordinator to call plays? No, oh, I Ty- Tyree Kill and – uh, <laughs> Tyreek and Jalen Waddle have been very helpful in his development as a passer. It's actually crazy. Like Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle have combined for 2,200 yards. Yeah. And, and they both top five in yardage? Yes. And the next closest guy in their roster has 280 yards. Their offense is literally, it is just Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle with a smattering of Durham Smythe in there. I was going to say, is Durham Smythe number three? No, Durham Smythe has like seven catches this season, but. No. He did just catch his first touchdown last week. So I noticed that. Yeah. Let's go Irish. <laughs> the, obviously, the defense in Miami scares me a little bit. Yeah, um, they're, they're another team where it's interesting because I feel like the defense was supposed to be a strength, and it really hasn't been this year, but it just doesn't matter because the offense has been so explosive. Yeah. And that, that's why I was a little reluctant at first to kind of go all in on the Dolphins because the defense scares me. Um, but they're a fun team to watch. Yeah. I'm all in on the Dolphins. I'm not. Con- I'm. A- I'm not convinced that uh, two is going to be him in the postseason either. You know, I, I guess I, maybe I'd be a little skeptical too. But I do need to eat some crow here as a long-time rabid to a hater. He's been very good this year. Yeah. He's been very, very good this year. And I, you know, make the apology louder than the disrespect. I, <laughs> I'd like to formally rescind my two takes from the last like three I, years. I think I was kind of the opposite, where I was a big two a fanboy. Like when he was at Alabama slash his rookie year, and then I've kind of probably been a, then I've kind of gone to the other side where I'm not as high in him mm-hmm. as maybe some others are. Yeah, I mean, I still wouldn't take him over Herbert or Burrow, but I mean, he's he's yeah. been. Really well, good. I think wait, he, your guy would probably pretty limited physical upside, but just have a lot of weapons mm-hmm. is how I see him. And obviously, he's doing he's making the most out of what he has, and that's awesome. Yep. This was a big year for Tua, and he's proven that he can play in the league. He's not going to be a perennial backup. He he has like the tools and and, and is a starting quarterback in the NFL. It's always likes to come in with like the narrative pieces yeah. at the end. I kind of like it. Yeah. No. Well, I, what I'm worried is going to happen is that he's going to get a contract that he's not going to be able to live up to, and then when he gets that big contract, they're not going to be able to get him the same weapons, and then and then the then he just sucks. Like, I feel like that's something that could have happened to Baker Mayfield or... See, that's a fair concern. Um, what's Tyreek's contract? Do we know? Big. Yeah, because they, they re-signed him, didn't they? Yes, they gave him a mega extension. Yeah, so at the end of the day, like, Tyreek's, lock- Tyreek's locked in. Waddle would be, would be the one that would leave yeah. in this scenario. But 
ultimately, the, like you have to feel, you have to feel pretty good about them. They're certainly as a holistic team, they're not as complete as any of the teams we've mentioned yeah, before sure. them. I think, but I mean, they're still they're worth mentioning. They're, they're, they're they've been very good this year. Is, is Super Bowl contender. Yeah, I mean, the the biggest thing against them right now is they're in the same division as the Bills. Like they're eight and three and they're the five. That sucks. Yeah, but that's this crazy. is how things go. So here's the next team that I want to talk about because I've enjoyed them quite a lot this year as someone who has had a lot of fantasy uh, success invested in them. Cincinnati Bengals coming on hot. They are coming on hot. Um, I where do you want to start with them? I guess I don't, I don't know. I mean, the, Jamar Chase has been out for a month. Comes back next week and offense looked pretty good without Jamar Chase. I I know Drew is just quaking in his boots right now with the return of Jamar Chase. <laughs> He's ready to pay, buy me some Arby's. I'm not too worried about about this. They played the Browns uh, week after this one. Uh, I know, I know. You guys can talk about the Bengals. I, I'm not gonna. All right. Well, there are personal biases out there. All right. First and foremost, Joe, I, I am a big fan of Joe Burrow. I think he's like that good. I agree. I agree. I, I Again, as you said earlier, Dark Horse MVP candidate. He's getting there. He's, yeah, he's pretty close. Jamar Chase is awesome. Like I And T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd also are very, like, very solid pieces to have in the receiving core. Mm-hmm. Joe Mixon, when he gets the ball – Dynamite, yeah. I it's it, they're they're so much fun. I, I enjoy them quite a bit, and I I think it is it's a testament to the resiliency of the offense. You know, they they faced a lot of struggle early on with turnovers and maybe some super Super Bowl hangover chemistry issues. Yeah. And the defense certainly hasn't been as uh, explosive and playmaking as it was last year. Like Trey Henderson sacks sacks are way down. They haven't gotten a ton of picks this year, but for them to be able to just keep you know grinding doing their thing and they're getting there. And I'm looking at their schedule to end out the year. They have home against Kansas City, home against Cleveland, at Tampa, at New England, home against Buffalo, home against Baltimore. Uh, I mean, those three teams in the middle are both, you know, they're not great. They should probably be able to take care of those guys. And we're talking they're winning. If, if they can win one or two of those other three games I just mentioned, I mean, they, they can get the division pretty easily. I, I don't know if they're going to be able to get a high seed or anything, but I think they're, they'll put themselves in good position for the playoff run. And we, we saw what they're capable of in the playoffs when they're humming. Yeah, I think the Bengals are turning on at the right time, as much as I hate to say it. Um, I think Joe Burrow is is really, really, really good. Jamar Chase coming back. Uh, we saw last year what, what those two did, did together. Um, and then they're gonna they're peaking at the right time. Yeah, I, I think there is it's it just shows too like the importance of an offensive line. I mean, Burrow's still oh, taking cool. a lot of sacks and the O line started out really, really rough with Lyle Collins uh, recovering from a back injury and the, the line still trying to recalibrate to so many new players, but it's it's working pretty well right now. Ali Collins is healthy, and Karras and Kappa have always been pretty solid for a long time. It's it's just nice, like, seeing Joe Burrow not get annihilated every single snap. Yeah. Well, and as a Vikings fan who's from Northern Illinois, I've watched a lot of – I've seen a lot of bad offensive line play between the Vikings and the Bears over the years. And just from seeing that, offensive line is so important. Mm-hmm. Like, I've – I feel like it's everything, and again, maybe because of my biases, because I've just seen crappers. Yes. And, you know, I, maybe I'm I'm a little incorrect on this, and I, I don't have all of the exact things off the top of my head. I feel like this is, looks like one of the better teams coming off of a Super Bowl loss that we've had in the last couple of years. I, Tampa Tampa getting going 13-4 and four after – well, they won, so that's not quite the same. Um, Chiefs. The Chiefs uh, – 
I like they, they we've seen a lot of teams kind of collapse after losing a Super Bowl. And these guys certainly don't seem like that or winning a Super Bowl. And these, these guys don't look like either of those types of situations, which yeah. I, which I think is, it's interesting because certainly as a, a young team, I think it would have been easier for them to kind of fall into the trappings of Absolutely. like, a, a, Absolutely. yeah, but the, these guys are, these guys are resilient and uh, they're a lot of fun. So I, I will be, these guys and the Niners, I think might be my teams in the playoffs that I, okay. I root for. Interesting. Yeah. So we're done with the Bengals. I think there's two more teams we could potentially talk about. I think there's a chance you guys don't want to talk about either one. Do we want to talk about the Mike White Jets? No. I was I was gonna want to see. I was curious to see if you want to bring up the Jets. If Mike White's gonna continue how he's playing, we should talk about them. But it's still Mike White. I'd rather just talk about how much Zach Wilson sucks. Like, I feel like that's a more interesting <laughs> that's a discussion. Point. That's that's a more, I kind of went too to be honest. That's more that's I a mean, more interesting discussion point than Zach Wilson was not the problem according to himself. Yeah. Oh well, in that case, my here's, here's what I'm going to say. Immature. I'm just going to show you this, Mike White. So a perfect passer rating is 158.3. Yeah. Right. Zach Wilson's for reference is 72.6. Mike White's through one game 149.3. I, those the numbers, the numbers. Out of the Jets locker room after the game a couple weeks ago. Oh, so funny. So funny. It's great. It's great stuff. Zach Wilson has had just the most interesting narrative in his second in his second year now. But uh, he's not, a mama's boy. Not the no, issue. I, no, that not that, the that, issue. that is the only reason I have any any bit of respect for him is because he's a milf hunter. Other than that, like he has done nothing to earn my respect. I, you know, I was gonna make a joke there, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna save it for, for later, for a better time. <laughs> uh, back to the Jets though themselves. The, the defense is legitimately really good. Like, the, no, the, the, I will give you that. Sauce Gardner. The Patriots played him twice in the span of four weeks. That defense is really, really good. For Sauce Gardner to be able to come in, I, that's been talked about a lot. I mean, dudes is done. As a rookie, he might legitimately be an all-pro. He's been crazy. Well, they gave up three points and still lost. They did. They did do that. Um, but the not Zach Wilson's fault. But like to also <laughs> correct, not Zach Wilson's fault. <laughs> to have Quinn and Williams back healthy and just like wrecking teams in the middle of the the line that that's huge. Like you can't, you can so rarely replicate that kind of impact like a good interior defensive lineman can have on a game. And they're one of the few teams that has one of those guys, and that matters a lot. It's just like it's so hard for quarterbacks to get comfortable against a team like that because the pocket's just never comfortable. You're kind of done after the Mill Hunter joke. You're out on. You're you're just done with the Jets. I, there's there's not that much to talk about. Like defense is awesome. Offense not so much. Do but I with Mike they, White, is it awesome? No, I I agree. I think. Do I think Mike the Jets? Do I think the Jets are gonna make a run? No. Let's just let's keep an eye out. Could they sneak in the playoffs? No, yeah, they could. I mean, they're the they're the seven seed right now. There's yeah. the, there's zero way in hell that Mike White is is keeping this up. Like, I'm not even going to entertain. Well, let's let's just bookmark him. Let's just bookmark him. I'm a Mike White guy. You are a Mike White guy. I yeah, of course it is. I'm kind of a Mike White guy. All right, last team I think because we're not going to talk about the Patriots. We're just they're not contenders. I, I I've accepted it. It's fine. It's okay. We're done. Chargers. Any interest, or am I going to be the only one that stumps for him? Uh, I, I, I'll entertain it for your sake. I'm out. They've had so many injuries. They're no, on the I, I think so they're many. on the upswing. 
I think there's a potential there. They have Keenan Allen back. Uh, I, they're getting Bosa back at some point. Uh, they're getting – there's one or two other guys from injury that are coming back soon. What's Mike, Mike Williams? Williams yeah. what's, or what, Mike Williams, sorry. He's got a couple more weeks, right? Okay. Uh, I think he may be playing this week, but I imagine it'll be another week or two before he's like full yeah, go. Full go. I'm starting Drake London in a fantasy league because he and D-Hop are both not playing this week. So that's – I've just argued – where things are going. Yeah. I've just argued so much has been asked of Herbert this year. And he's largely delivered. I think it's there, – there really has been – like, he had games where his number one receivers were Josh Palmer and DeAndre Carter. No, he he is really good. Yep. And I, I will – you will never hear any Justin Herbert slander come out of my mouth. And here's their schedule for the last couple games. They have at Vegas, home against Miami, home against Tennessee, at Indy, home against the Rams, at Denver. There are four – Really just not good teams in there. Yeah, no, no. And that gets them to 10. And 10 may be enough to get in the playoffs, maybe not. And then if they can get one off of Miami and Tennessee, an 11-win team is getting in in the 7-10 playoff. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I would think I would think a 10-win team probably gets in. And I just think they're a team where, like, if they get, if they can get into the playoffs, like, and they get a little bit healthier, like, they no, can be a little dangerous. No, when that team is healthy, like, they definitely do have the pieces to make a deep yeah, run. I agree. I Like, I see so many people sometimes try to knock Herbert as like, oh, what has he done yet or anything. But like yeah, when he's been not, given the opportunity, the issue. like we all watched the Raiders game at the end of the season last year. Like that was a playoff game. And Herbert was the only reason they were still in that game. I do worry ultimately their run defense is still putrid, even with a lot of the additions they brought in. I'm, I'm starting to question whether Joe Staley is entirely uh, aware of what he's doing. I would think he's, a, I think he's, well, he's absolutely on the hot seat, right? I would think so. I, I'm not the Chargers owner, but. We also really quickly just got to shout out Drew Tranquil. Love to see Notre Dame yeah, guys succeeding. Yeah. Alohi Gilman as well. Yeah. Irish in the NFL. Go Irish. Big deal for us. Yeah, yeah go Irish. Exactly. So I'm kind of, I'm in on the Chargers. No like, yeah, they did my boy Jerry Tillery dirty. That sounds like he was doing them dirty too for a while. But <laughs> uh, Jaguars on the up and up. No, the four and the seven Jags. Jaguars. T Law has been playing well. Has been playing well. Four better. Better. Yeah, it's been playing better. But uh, so, Travis Etienne's been good, too. So I've really got my hurt. list of contenders as one, two, three, four, five. I'll do five and a half. I'll give the Jets a half. Because no. That's ambitious. All right, you know what? Throw them in. Throw them in six. All right, six. It's your, it's your podcast. It is my podcast. <laughs> so you do what you want. I will. The Mike White Jets. I, I just would like to say that I do not endorse this list. That's okay. Not Zach Wilson's fault. Kind of Zach Wilson's fault. No, he takes no blame. Oh, you're right. You're right. My mistake. My mistake. Any other flaming hot takes about the NFL? I, I know you guys always have opinions. Zach this Wilson. is it. Other than that, we're done. We're out. Uh, Zach Wilson's the Drew Pine of the NFL. It's not as well they lost, though. Mean. Just <laughs> special that's, I don't know who that's mean to. I think that's yeah. Drew Pine and that's, Jim Twirl. Though. That's a little mean to Pine. Pine plays a little mean to Pine. Pine had his moments. He had a huge, really high passer rating. Zach. Zach Wilson. I, I hope he does well at UConn. We're lighting that stat on fire. <laughs> All right. Anything else not related to Drew Pine? No. No? You're out? You're done? I'm, I'm Speak done now with, or forever. I'm done with Drew Pine. I hope him the best. I'm sure I'm Why are we still talking about Drew Pine? I'm <laughs> asking about the NFL. Go, go Stealers. That's well, all yeah, I Yeah, Drew Pine's amazing. Yeah. the NFL. Like, it's, it's all Haggie, any last takes? Uh... I think this. I think Kenny Pickett could end up being pretty good. Oh, I'm excited. I, I actually, I'm kind of high on him. I think there's a chance. 
You know what? If there's one thing I learned from the indie game, I actually learned nothing about the Steelers. I just learned that the Indianapolis Colts are a terrible team. That's all I learned. Wait, hold on. The actually, stink. I'm going to interrupt this. Does anybody – I can't I, – because I've gone a whole season. I haven't talked about this. Anybody have any takes on Russell Wilson? Anything? Uh, I think he's lost <laughs> – Let's ride. <laughs> I think he's lost a lot of uh, his deep ball accuracy has gotten bad. Yes, he lost uh, it yeah, he he just he's Did lost you see the locker report? room. Yeah. Tell me you saw the no 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 like the, the birthday party one. Yes, yeah, yes. only half the players. They vote Callahan. Yeah, <laughs> they did vote Callahan. I was I, gonna text you about that when I saw he's, it. He's so obnoxious in the locker room that like I'm not ex- I'm not even surprised that like he's not getting he's any support. A, he's a weird guy. He's I, weird. Mister Unlimited. I'm not going to lie to you. If Sierra invited me to a birthday party, I'm going to that birthday party. But that's just me. I'm sure you would, Haggy. I, I do I, not doubt that. Oh, oh, the other thing, too, I, you know, Richard Sherman and uh, Marshawn Lynch were talking. Uh, oh, you got to get to his agent? Yeah, you, you have to go to through his agent to talk to him. <laughs> what the hell is that? <laughs> like, I, I lost so much respect for him. Steve, I don't I don't know if, if this is falls under the umbrella of the podcast, but uh, Antonio Brown in the news the other day. Yeah, we're not talking about Antonio Brown anymore. <laughs> huh? Go Steelers! <laughs> I talked plenty about Antonio Brown. Uh, that, that new single was a bang. That was a good song. <laughs> I can't say I listened to it. It was uh, not great. Well, we'll we'll play it after this. It's not podcast. I can't think of a better note to end it on than that. So <laughs> we're gonna go with that. So thank you guys for listening. As always, the SQ Podcast can be found on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, anywhere else on the air. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll be back soon.